Show Me The Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill. I'm back. I can hear you all cheering. Isn't it great? <laughs> I was away a lot in the summer. Back to my day job, by the way, because as many will know, I'm an immunologist. I've just come back from a couple of big conferences and uh, had to take a slight break, but I'm delighted to be back because over the summer I bumped into people who said they liked the Show Me The Science podcast, so I couldn't resist coming back. And of course, so much science has happened in the past three months. And I usually pick a topic which I find extremely interesting, of course, and then hope that you do too. And I'm not joking you, a deluge of science, it's very hard to keep up. I could do a podcast every day, but Owen wouldn't let me because he doesn't like me that much. But <laughs> this first one, which I'm delighted to talk about, because it's exactly in my area of specialty. Now, I'm an immunologist, which means I work on the immune system and how it defends us against infections. But I'm really a biochemist. I work on the biochemicals within the immune system. And the central biochemical of all of life are called proteins. And everything that you do in your body really involves proteins. So, for example, enzymes that digest your food when you eat a heavy lunch, as I've just done. Uh, the enzymes in your stomach digest their proteins. Uh, there are structural proteins in your joints, for example. Collagen is a great example of that. That's made of protein as well. Antibodies in the immune system. And, of course, given our, our experience with COVID, we know all about antibodies. They fight infection. They're made of proteins as well. Certain hormones, insulin, for example, are also made of proteins. So you can imagine a huge diversity of biochemicals that make life work and make human life work in all kinds of ways. And as a result, there's been a huge focus uh, for biochemists for the past at least 100 years or so when they were first described. The word protein actually kind of means fundamental substance, original substance is one way to define it because they really are the basis for all of life. And again, anybody who's, who's been listening regularly, you all know by now, I hope, that the genes are made of DNA and they make the proteins. So in other words, the recipe to make all these enzymes and structures and antibodies in your body are contained in your DNA. And that's the instruction for the body to make these proteins. Now, you might wonder, why is he talking about something that is obviously important but might seem slightly old-fashioned? Well, I can't describe to you the extent of this breakthrough that happened over the summer where artificial intelligence, which just means fancy computers, I guess, was used to determine the structure of over 200 million proteins. Now, I can hear people falling off their seats, but it really is a huge thing because, can you imagine, 200 million different proteins, we now know their shape. Now, you might wonder, why is that important? Well, proteins are little 3D objects. Say, for example, antibodies, they're in your blood. They're shaped in a certain way, and that shape tells us how they work. So, for example, antibodies have a piece on them that's a certain shape that perfectly complements, say, a piece of a virus. And it's a bit like a lock and key mechanism. So shape is everything when it comes to proteins. And if you know the shape of a protein, you might understand how it works, first of all. And more importantly than that, even, you could then fix a protein that is misshapen in some ways. And it turns out that many diseases involve proteins that have misfolded when they're being made and now they're the wrong shape and that broken protein if you will can't do its normal job and now we get nasty diseases as a result if you can see the shape you might be able to design 
a medicine that corrects the shape of the misshapen protein. And that really where the, is where the excitement is. Uh, the second thing is you can also redesign proteins to be a different shape and make them even more efficient. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples on the back of this research as well that allows us now, almost at will, to design proteins to do special functions that we might want these proteins to do. So wait till you hear the, the, the really good news is really about new medicines and also designing proteins to be useful in various ways. Now, let's go back to basics first of all, though. And you might wonder what are proteins made of? And again, I am relentlessly interested in, in mechanism and how things work. Proteins are made of things called amino acids. There are 20 amino acids that we have in our bodies and they get strung along like, a bit like beads on a string, different amino acids in combination and that's what makes proteins. Now it does sound complicated but it's actually quite simple. So imagine you've got 20 different types of Lego and all you're doing is putting them all together into a big protein structure and because there's 20 of them and each of these little uh, building blocks are different you can get huge diversity then in the different types of proteins. Now when they're put together as a, as a beads on a string is the great analogy I'm giving. That then twists and folds into a shape and that's what this breakthrough is to get the shape of these different proteins. Now, a great analogy, and I'm a great person for analogy. I can't resist mentioning Owen again because he likes simple analogies. Imagine plasticine, right? Now, a piece of plasticine could fold or shape itself into a cup, say, and you can drink out of it, or a lasso to catch something, say. You could make plasticine in the shape of a lasso, and they're two simple examples, and they're both built from plasticine. But the shape is determining what that does. In the case of a cup, you could use it to drink, say. In the case of a lasso, you could use it to catch something. So the shape tells us all about what the thing is doing. And that's why it's so important to find out the shape of these things, because that tells us how it works. And again, as I say, if the shape is wrong, you might get disease. Now, that wrongness in the shape usually begins in the DNA where the recipe is slightly wrong, you get different amino acids being loaded through the recipe and now we get a misshapen protein. A great example of this is a disease called sickle cell anemia. Now that disease involves a protein called haemoglobin and I'm sure many people have heard of haemoglobin. The protein called haemoglobin has one job and that's to carry oxygen around your body. So when you breathe in, into your lungs, the oxygen gets loaded up onto the haemoglobin and it carries the oxygen to all the tissues in your body. And of course, we use oxygen to burn nutrients. We're a bit like a car engine in a way, and it's a bit like petrol, I guess. And you need oxygen to burn the nutrients. And the burning of the nutrients extracts the energy to allow our muscles to move and all sorts. So haemoglobin is a really important protein. One of the first actually to be ever studied because of its importance. The trouble is, it can be misshapen. And again, that's because the recipe to make it is slightly wrong. So if you like the plasticine example, the cup now has a hole in it and now the cup leaks. In the case of the broken haemoglobin, it can't carry the oxygen and that causes sickle cell anemia. And anemia actually is, you know, a deficiency in oxygen in your body. And because the haemoglobin doesn't work, you can't carry the oxygen around anymore and you get this horrible disease. And what also happens is, by the way, it gets even worse. The misshapen haemoglobin will force the cells that carry haemoglobin, they're called red blood cells, into this sickle shape. They get all bent and twisted because the haemoglobin is misshapen and that can clog up blood vessels and cause all kinds of horrible consequences and it's a horrible disease, sickle cell anemia. And it's all about the shape of the haemoglobin. And of course, at the moment, uh, people are trying to figure out how to correct that genetic error because then you might make the correct shape, for example, or develop drugs against it. But again, it's a really good example 
of how the shape of a protein is so determining. The misshape in hemoglobin can't carry oxygen and you get anemia and it's, it, it can be life-threatening, you see. A second great example is a, a disease called cystic fibrosis. Now, in that disease, again, a protein, at this time in your lungs, whose job is to regulate salt of all things, that becomes misshapen and it can't control salt. And as a result, the lungs get badly damaged because if you can't handle salt, you can imagine your lungs get really damaged. And that's another misshapen protein. And a great breakthrough was a drug called Ivacaftor was discovered, which can correct the misfolded protein. So again, imagine it's plasticine and it's shaped in the wrong way. You could add a, a drug basically to correct that thing and make the shape correct again, you know, and reshape the protein. And that's what, that's what that drug Ivacaftor does. And that's a really big breakthrough now in cystic fibrosis because although you're you're born with this misshapen salt regulator the drug binds to it and corrects the shape and now you can you can breathe normally and your lungs aren't damaged so again it's all in the shape of that protein now again that was a, a really important breakthrough for cystic fibrosis sufferers obviously enough um, but very importantly the shape of that salt channel had been determined and it took forever to get the shape of it. A huge amount of effort for various reasons. Um, they use a thing called X-ray crystallography, which sounds like a mouthful, but that's the main way they used to get the shape of proteins. It took, took years and years. And once they saw the protein was, wasn't shaped correctly, they could then figure out which bit to target with a drug and then correct the shape. And that's what happened with that drug. So again, you can see how the shape of proteins then is very, very important. But now the breakthrough. And I'm not joking yet, I can't overemphasize it enough. It did take years to get the shape of a single protein using X-ray crystallography. And in fact, in my own lab, we determined the shape of a protein about 20 years ago. It took us about two years to get the shape of it. And again, this is an important immune system protein. Well, guess what? Artificial intelligence was deployed. And they could use basically knowledge of all the shapes of proteins that are out there, which are known from the old-fashioned way, if you like. They knew the recipe to make each protein. They could stick it in the computer, and the computer spat out the shape of the protein that they were trying to determine the shape of. So it was using, as I say, artificial intelligence. And without that high-powered computer activity, it couldn't be done because it takes an awful lot of data processing to figure out this very, very complicated thing. And these are among the most complicated molecules ever, by the way, proteins, because you can imagine all these different things they do. And the name of the, pro uh, the program is called DeepMind. Great name, isn't it? It was actually first uh, configured in November 2020, and then it was sort of modified. And the new version is called AlphaFold, because it's all about how proteins fold, and that was now deployed. And then it came out with all these structures of proteins. Now, let me give you some of the numbers. 20,000 human proteins, the structure was determined using AlphaFold in humans. That's nearly all the proteins we have in our bodies. So we now have the shape of all these different proteins in our bodies. And of course, ones that are diseased, we can now look at those and see how the, the shape has changed, for example. And it wasn't just in humans, over 200 million proteins were solved across 20 species. Plants, bacteria, lots of animals, all their proteins are now there to be seen in front of our very eyes. The great line, now it's a bit of hype, and I'm never one for hype, but the entire protein universe is now visible, which is an incredible thing to say, isn't it, in so many ways, because, you know, we now see all the proteins that are out there, really. So it's really a fantastic achievement. And again, it needed years of effort to come up with this computer program, and AlphaFold was the huge success story. Now, you might wonder, they're all there now, all these structures, shapes. 
How useful is it going to be? Well, the usefulness has begun already. And I want to give you two really good examples. The first is malaria. Now, again, malaria is another infectious disease. It's caused by a parasite. You may have all heard of it. I guess many people know about malaria if they go on holidays to Africa. It's a parasite that's in, of course, the mosquito. And it can be lethal, especially in children. Uh, There are anti-malarial drugs, of course, that we can take. But there's no really effective vaccine. Uh, a couple have been developed that look promising, I must say, which are great hope, actually, for, for a vaccine. But now they've taken a malaria protein and got the structure of it through AlphaFold. They can see the nasty protein, if you will, that you want to stop. And now they know exactly where to hit on that protein with antibodies. And they can use this in, guess what, a vaccine. So now they've got a brand new vaccine candidate based on the knowledge of the piece of the parasite protein that you want to neutralise and that's now being used as a vaccine and that will now eliminate malaria because this protein is extremely important for the parasite to survive and when you immunise you get antibodies and now they recognise the piece you want to hit. So if you like the the shape of that protein gives you where to shoot at is a good way to put it uh, with the immune system through the vaccine and of course that could be a massive breakthrough we may well see the first really effective malaria vaccine from the shape of that protein revealed by AlphaFold. And you might be wondering, well, look, if if these scientists are so smart, why couldn't they have gone to the old-fashioned way? They couldn't get the structure. Some proteins, you can't get the structure through the old-fashioned way. They just don't form crystals, we call them, actually, and that can be very frustrating. Uh, And this one couldn't be done in the old way. It can be done in the new way. So now, a big finding, and really, the malaria people are overjoyed by this, having tried so hard for so long to get the shape of this this, um, parasite protein. They now have it in front of their very eyes using alpha fold. Uh, The second great example, um, and you can probably pick up on my excitement now, I'm just wondering, but I'm really excited about the second great, because I'm a biochemist. The second great example is, imagine if we could get an enzyme to eat plastic, okay? Now, the world is full of plastic. And as everybody knows by now, there are massive plastic islands out in the Pacific and it's a huge pollutant, you know, it's horrible. Clogs up everything, damages, you know, the environment in all kinds of ways, you know, not just marine life, but all kinds of places, plastics accumulate. And we even inhale some of them ourselves, these little microplastics, and they can cause respiratory diseases in us humans. Imagine if we could digest the plastic. So instead of it lasting for decades, we now have a way to digest it. And guess what? An enzyme was found anyway, actually, that could digest plastic. Now they have the shape of it and they know how it nibbles on the plastic, if you will. Imagine it's like a Pac-Man. If people remember what a Pac-Man is, they they can eat up plastic. Now imagine if you make the Pac-Man even more aggressive because you modify its mouth. Because now you know the shape and what you can optimise the shape of it. And having the structure and the shape of this enzyme means they can now optimise it and modify it by changing the recipe. And now it's even better at eating plastic. And again, now that prospect of improving uh, enzymes that can digest plastics is really possible now through AlphaFold. And you see what they did there was interesting. Bacteria, it turns out, can eat plastic with enzymes. They use it as a, as a food source, like we eat things. Uh, and they knew the enzymes in the bacteria. And now knowing the shape, they can now get a better shape and design proteins by knowing that shape and making the shape a little bit better. So there's a second possibility. So two immediate benefits. Now, again, this is all a work in progress, but huge optimism. One is a vaccine for malaria. Now, remember, over a million people a year die of malaria, so wouldn't that be a superb thing, especially in developing countries and children and so on? So a vaccine is the solution there. That might come from this work. And then secondly, a way to digest plastic and protect the environment from these plastics. And there are two 
immediate benefits but you can imagine if we have the 20,000 protein structures in front of us now from humans and there are many diseases where the proteins are misfolded and the shape is wrong we now know how to target that and the example I gave was, was cystic fibrosis in the old fashioned way but now this really gives rise to great excitement that there may be new ways to correct uh, protein shape which are causing diseases and it all happened because of this and again it wouldn't have happened without this um, alpha fold so n- now what's happening is and I've just come back from a conference actually in Colorado much to Owen's annoyance because he's stuck here um, and the talk was of this using this alpha fold to understand the immune system and make things better in the immune system in various ways not just through vaccines but in all kinds of ways of treating diseases so again everybody's going to start using alpha fold now and it's freely available which is great as well by the way uh, the research was funded by the mainly in America the taxpayer there funded this so it's brilliant and again you can see now this being used as a brand new weapon it wouldn't surprise me at all if a Nobel Prize actually comes out of this because the people who invented alpha fold it could have all kinds of benefits across a lot of biology and the two examples I gave are really are really good ones I think so using alpha fold then and this um, artificial intelligence means the future is very bright if you're a biochemist, first of all, because now you can understand proteins more and more, and then, of course, come up with ways to come up with very useful things, be they medicines or, or uh, treating, uh, dealing with pollution, as I said, as the two examples. So there you have it, the science of proteins and the wonderful discovery that is AlphaFold. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that bit of hardcore biochemistry. Uh, And remember, my podcast is available for download every Thursday and it's a News Talk production. Thanks for listening.